Thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistachurch.org. church cemetery, I see names I recognize, people I've had the privilege of knowing. I see their tombstones and remember their faces and words of love and encouragement. On those tombstones are basic information about their life, their name, date of birth, date of death, and maybe a tagline like, cherished mother. What tombstones don't tell us are the stories of their entire lives. Those pages are hidden in that little dash between the birth and death dates. It's important to remember that the dates on either side of the dash are not really what's important. What's important is how did they serve the Lord through their dash. One life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. This morning I'd like to share with you my dash so far and maybe challenge you, this is a good exercise, maybe challenge you to begin recording your dash so far as well. I was born on March 31st, 1959, so next month, don't forget my birthday. I was blessed with Christian parents who brought me to church weekly And we don't do this anymore, but one year I remember winning a perfect attendance button. A little button that you could wear. That Christian upbringing led me to become a Christ follower at the first Christian church in Bell, California in 1967 as an eight-year-old. In 1968, we moved to Downey, California, and we started attending... A Baptist church, God forbid. We were raised in the first Christian church, and I'm told that if Grandpa ever knew we were attending a Baptist church, he would have rolled over in his grave. But my parents joined that church basically for us as kids because it had a wonderful, dynamic children and youth program. In 1977, I graduated from high school, and that year, I felt God tugging on my heart to be a pastor. And so, in 1978 uh, and 1980, through 1980, I served as a ministry intern at the First Baptist Church in Downey, California, where I met some wonderful Christian pastors who are still lifelong friends. And during that time there, I received training in all different aspects of ministry. On June 20th, 1981, I married Vicki Ray Cervenka, God's perfect choice for me. I had to wait for her to come from Minnesota to California where I met her at a pizza parlor, and a few days later, we started dating. I snatched up that fresh... Don't say that. <laughs> Minnesotan. 
and we started dating, and uh, on June 20th, 1981, we were married. Vicki has faithfully served alongside of me as a pastor's wife for 40-plus years of ministry, and I thank God for her encouragement and faithfulness. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> In 1981 to 1984, while I was going to school, I was the youth pastor part-time at Grace Baptist Church in Downey, California. In 1978, when I started, to 1984, I received degrees from Biola University and Talbot Theological Seminary. And you may not know this or not, but Mrs. Love was someone that I met as a freshman in in, uh, college. Mrs. Love, long story short... Uh, understood the significance of training young leaders and uh, the significance of training pastors. And Mrs. Love paid for my entire education, undergraduate and graduate degrees. And it's a fun story that I tell. I would bring my bill in and uh, I would give it to the registrar, the administration registrar, and I'd say to her, put this under the John McNabb Scholarship Fund. And she would look at me, usually a student, and she'd laugh and she'd say, there's no such thing. I said, yeah, there is. Uh, And uh, I said, you know, look it up. And so she'd look it up, and sure enough, there was the John McNabb Scholarship Fund, and I was able to turn in my bill for books, uh, registration, I mean everything, and she paid for my entire education. Uh, she also paid for my middle brother, Mark, and his entire education at Biola University as well. And my mom said to Mrs. Love, hey, Mark is not planning on being a pastor. And she said, I don't care. We need strong Christian businessmen as well. And so she paid for his entire education and unfortunately passed away before my younger brother went to school. But my mom wasn't even going to allow her to pay for my younger brother because initially he was a rotten student. (laughs) But another miraculous story and uh, significant in my call to ministry. On July 29th, 1984, I was ordained into full-time ministry. And that song, Be Thou My Vision, that we sang, we sang that song on this date. At my ordination, it was attended by people from Downey First Baptist, from Grace Baptist, and from a church that I was going to begin working at, First Baptist Church San Antonio Heights in Upland, California. In 1984 to 1990, I was a youth pastor at the First Baptist Church of San Antonio Heights, Upland, California, where I served alongside my friend and still friend. When I go to California, I often visit him for six years. On August 11th, 1985, Bradley John was born. On January 16th, 1989, Wesley Thomas was born, my two boys. 1990 to 1996, we traveled to Northern California where I served as Christian education pastor for the First Baptist Church of Redding, California. On February 27th, where is she? Today, 29 years ago, my daughter was born, Kelsey Ray. My three kids did not choose to be pastor's kids. 
with that distinction came some perks, but it also came with some struggles, moving, going to new schools, finding new friends, and at times being treated poorly by crazy church people. (laughs) Not this church, not this church. They were already grown and raised, but other churches, crazy church people. But three, Kelsey, Wesley, Bradley, I truly thank you. for supporting and encouraging your mom and dad as they tried to follow God's leading. I love you. In 1996 through 2001, I became uh, the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Emporia, Kansas, and this this was the big move. Not only from California to Kansas, I never even knew where Kansas was when I was living in California, but moving from associate pastor to senior pastor, I saw the job, I never, ever, ever wanted it, but God had different plans. And I remember getting there and I remember taking Bradley and Wesley to school and dropping them off as a fourth grader and a first grader, and them looking at me like, where are you going? And we left, and Vicky and I walked home, and I walked into my house, and I started bawling. And I bawled for many, many moments. And when somebody starts crying, then everybody starts crying. My mom and dad were there, Vicky was there, we were all crying. And they said, what are you crying for? And I said, what in the world have I just done? What in the world does the Lord have in store for me? And we were there for those years, but it's lonely at the top, and we were missing family, so we moved a little closer to family in Minnesota. Uh, In 2001, we moved to the First Baptist Church in Pella, Iowa, and we were there through 2011. And all three of our kids graduated from the Pella schools. And while we were in Pella on January 7th, 2008... The greatest now 14-year-old boy in the world was born, our first grandson, Landon Ray. On January 8, 2011, I became the pastor of the Minnetrista Baptist Church in St. Bonifacius, Minnesota. That's a load to write when you're addressing an envelope. The Lord opened the door for us to move back to Vicki's home state after 30 years. Vicki told me when we were dating in high school, I just want you to know after I graduate, I'm moving back to Minnesota. 30 years later, I was able to bring Vicki back to Minnesota where her two sisters live. And she was also able to spend the last five years with her mom before her mom died at 95. 96? 95. Almost 95. A few years ago. So that was a blessing. On March 28, 2011, our special grace was born. October 15, 2011, Bradley and Talia were married. And this is one of the greatest days of my life because, Talia, now he is all yours. 
while we have been at the Minnetrista Baptist Church, one of the blessings that uh, we have been able to be a part of is training young leaders. And uh, this is definitely a part of my dash so far, and our dash together as a church. I don't know if you remember, but there was a Becca that served as our very first intern working with our children and youth. Kelsey, my daughter, served for a summer. Sky, where's Sky? Sky. Sky was an intern here for a summer. Thor and Abby. Thor is here. Abby. Their four boys was an intern, although the boys weren't around, at least. I think the first one was. Thor and Abby. Brittany, she's not here, but Brittany was an intern with us. She's actually the volleyball coach now over at Crown. Derek and Taylor, right back there, center stage. Derek was an intern here. Lou and Lily, you remember those names, and Cody and Allie. Yes. Curtis and Abby did not get on the list. No, they... Oh, I missed them. I missed them. Oh, they are on the list. Thank goodness they're on the list. Curtis and Abby. And I think Curtis is going to try to be here uh, real soon. Uh, he was hoping to. A truly great accomplishment of our church is to train students for ministry. We've trained missionaries and pastors, coaches, teachers, and strong Christian leaders. I think this is the highlight of my time here. I think it's a super blessing for us to be part of their training. So, hey, church family, thank you. For that opportunity to train those young people. On February 20th, or I'm sorry, in February 2020, I don't know, is this right? Is it February of 2020 or February of 2019? I can't remember. COVID just blocks everything out. Is it February 2020? February of 2020, we completed our new building next door. An amazing opportunity to see years of planning come to fruition. Plus, not only have we added on, but we've been able to do a number of wonderful things to our entire facilities these last 11 years. And then last week, I was able to get this on here, February 19th, 2022, Wesley Thomas McNabb became engaged to Brianna Payson. Yes. A week ago, yesterday... And then today, February 27th, 2022, retirement from full-time ministry. Today, the Lord is closing this 43-year church ministry chapter. What's next? Well, there's some things. That Bible verse, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to be driving a school bus for Cook Transportation to the glory of God, and I'm also going to be working with special needs adults at Divine House in Watertown for the glory of God. What does your dash say about you? Something to think about. I encourage you, go home and start writing down. I, I'm thinking guys are going to write dates. Girls are going to write events uh, uh, and relationships. Guys are going to write dates. It's not just a line. It's your life. 
It's your life. Now, oh, we got lots of time. We're going to take a look at God's Word together. And uh, I'd like you to take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 16 as we read our text this morning. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They replied, Matthew 16, verse 14. They replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. On the back of your bulletin, there's a paragraph, and it says, As you can see, I have spent my adult life championing Christianity, championing my family, and championing the church. God loves the church. God loves this church. The Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. God wants his people to find a Bible-believing church where they can worship, serve, and fellowship. And so what I'd like to share with you are the four B's of such a church. And you all know the first B, don't you? It's the book. It's the book. And the book is this book. It's the inspired, infallible Word of God. The Bible you hold and hopefully brought to church with you is the actual Word of God. And if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, the Bible is our final authority on what we believe and how we behave. The Bible is our final authority on what we believe and how we behave. Joshua 1.8 says, Not to let this book depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9 says, We are to teach it to our young children and our grandchildren. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, God's word is profitable. It's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and training in righteousness. A good church reads and studies the book. The second B, the blood. The shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. 1 John 1.7 says, The blood of Jesus has purified us from all sin. Romans 3.5 says, God sacrificed Jesus to atone for or make right for our sins through His blood. Ephesians 2.13 says, We were once far from God, but have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus was the price 
of redemption. The resurrection proves its completion. A good church studies the book. A good church highlights the blood. And a good church, the next one, pushes for the birth. The birth, the new birth, when one becomes a believer, a Christ follower. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, that he must be born again. How are you born again? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 17 But God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. And then when all of that comes to play I love 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. And then He lays it out very uh, plainly. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Jesus says, If anyone hears my voice, hears my knock, and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The good church pushes the new birth And a good church asks often, has Jesus taken up residence in your life? And the last B, had to stretch this a little bit, the last B, the blessed hope, the blessed hope, the coming of Jesus and our eternal home. John chapter 14. Verses you're very familiar with. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where you are going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then that verse I quoted, Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, And verse 16, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage 
each other with these words. When I was in high school, believe it or not, I was a part of the choir. And we sang a song, and I still often sing it. I'm not going to sing it, but I am going to speak the words to the song. Someday my Lord will come. He'll come for me, and on that day, He'll call me His very own. And I'll be going home to stay with Him. There will I be set free from fear and harm, from sin and grief, free from war, free from pain, free from all the things that bind me. Someday my Lord will meet me, reach out His hand to greet me. I'll walk with Him every step of the way when He comes to take me home on that day. I recall the day I asked, Who was this man, this Prince of Peace, this Carpenter, the King of Kings, this humble man from Galilee? Then I met him face to face. I saw his love. I felt his grace. He's the one I'm searching for. And now I'm living day by day for him. Someday my Lord will meet me, reach out his hand to greet me. I'll walk with him every step of the way when he comes to take me home on that day. Make sure these are the pillars of the church you give your heart and soul to. The book, the blood, the birth, the blessed hope. Thank you for the honor of serving such a church. Love, Pastor John and Vicki. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, I thank you for this church. You have done amazing things, and we give you all the praise and glory. This is your church, and we are servants of it. May you be pleased with our heartfelt devotion to this church and to you. Thank you for the joy of serving here. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to sing a song to close our service. It's one of my favorites. It talks about someday the Lord will come. And uh, what page is it? It's on our 753. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.